Welcome to another episode of Media Rewind on the Boom Howdy Entertainment Network. Boom Howdy. I am your host, as always, Dustin P. And on this episode, we talk AMC's Into the Badlands, Chapter 20, entitled Blind Cannibal Assassins. (laughs) But before we dive into the episode, that laughter you heard in the background is, of course, my co-host, Genius McGee. Genius, what's up, buddy? How's it going, man? Oh, I don't know. I was just kind of fumbling around the table trying to find something. Right. Uh, Before we get into it, one thing I noticed... Uh, it's always interesting how the chapters sound like like old kung fu movies, you know, yeah. like, like rabbit snares leopard or something like that. And this one's like blind ninja assassins. <laughs> like, I wonder what we're gonna get this one. <laughs> and honestly, uh, you know, you and I talked before the episode um, when we when we saw the actual title come up. I'm just thinking, okay, this is a little out of the ordinary from right? the Badlands. I mean, and then all of a sudden we're confronted with blind cannibal. Assassins, right? I mean, I guess, and it works. I mean, spoilers. Yeah. (laughs) So, for the sake of brevity, on all of our episodes, we do dive directly into spoilers. So, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. You have been warned. Genius. What was your first take on this episode, dude? I dug this episode, but there's a lot of shit. There was some very cool things. A lot of things I didn't expect, but I dug this episode. Yeah, we do have quite a bit of unpacking. So, unlike the other episodes where we go in kind of a chronological order. Uh, you and I had discussed before we started recording this is that it would be easier for us and easier for our listeners to understand and kind of unpack w- along with us yeah. if we took each of the characters because this episode jumped quick. It jumped around a ton. All the players were touched upon. Exactly. All yeah. the players were a- Absolutely. Upon. Every main character that we've seen so far, including some ancillary characters, mm-hmm. uh, had, had moments to shine in this episode. Right. So... I, I think the very first one that we need to come across is Madame Chow. Yeah. And her brother Gaius. Mm-hmm. Which was really cool to see them give more credence to her character because, I mean, she's kind of been the mysterious Baron so right. far. It was interesting to open up with her. And then we introduced this new character, the brother, who is uh, in jail for treason. Yeah. yeah. And he's a badass. Mm-hmm. As we'll find out. Yeah. So yeah. he's practicing martial arts in his, in his little imprisonment. Mm-hmm. And apparently we find out that he's been in there for about a year and a half. Yeah. About 18 months is what Madam Chow says. And it's interesting to see that he has like no allegiance to her at all. He was just going out to do her dirty work for the sake of his troop. Right. Because he's basically her brother, but she's he's sabotaging her whole shit. So, well, I mean, you know, we, we've seen in, in history and also other shows, you know, where sibling rivalries and, you know, mm-hmm. sibling love doesn't necessarily go too far. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like the fact that they gave us a little bit more of Madame Chow, but I really enjoy the fact that they're, you know, they're bringing in these new characters that we've not seen before and they're making them badasses. Prominently badass. I mean, Gaius was a badass. And yeah, we know, yeah, and, and, and we yeah, get from was. the interaction with, with Madame Chow that he is essentially this leader of this Assassin's Guild. Mm-hmm. And w- we get to see a lot of the interactions that they have. Um, and, you know, kind of, I guess, the the anger and the spite that Madame Chow has toward her brother because of this, you know, blind allegiance that they have. And it was called blind, too, because if you don't do this, poof, one more person's going to die. I mean, just right exactly. up. Open up the episode with an arrow through the head. <laughs> Into the Badlands. <laughs> Thank God for CGI, because that would have been a tough sell for a stuntman. You know what we're going to do. Right? <laughs> so... But yeah, we we get the ruthlessness of uh, ruthlessness of Madame Chow. Yeah, um, her, I guess, desire to win this war at any cost, including, you know, sever all allegiance to her brother. Mm-hmm. So that was 
interesting for me to see just to see how far these people will go to you know play this game of who's going to control the planet as of this point yeah um we get to see a lot of kick-ass kung fuery mm-hmm. with uh, Gaius and his little assassins guild. His ninja squad. Yeah, his ninja death squad. Yeah, they were, they were came out like ninja seals, just out of the water. <laughs> yeah, so they they actually happen upon uh, Madame Chow tells them that they that she wants him and his assassins guild to kill the pilgrim. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's dispatched to I, I guess what are we calling that little island that they're at the uh, the Natural History Museum I right mean, right the Natural History Museum of Scotland <laughs> I mean so right the museum so they're dispatched to the museum to to go assassinate the pilgrim mm-hmm. Gaius and his men are taking pretty much everybody out all of the the I guess the sentries the posts everything yeah and then they happen upon the widow mm-hmm. and Lydia who mm-hmm. had gone to see. Who the pilgrim you know was and right. what we what he was all about. Right. So we get that little I guess intertwining of characters, which is going to get a little convoluted as we go along. I really like that scene in the Ninja Dad Squad scenes when um, you just saw the silhouettes behind that really sweet uh, yeah. rice door curtain. Right. With all the like, it was pretty sweet and just to like. <laughs> Even all you all was shadow, you still knew some gory shit was going on. Yeah, and, and you see the blood splatter yeah. against the rice paper <laughs> screens. Yeah, that was fucking a dope scene. Yeah, and it was it was nice to see that they you know they didn't want to show us the gore. Mm-hmm. You know, it was more along the lines of Theater you know in the mind shit, but it still worked because yeah. you're like, god damn, these guys are badass. And and we see that a lot in uh, a lot of the Asian cinema. You know, like the the kung fu and you know especially samurai films mm-hmm. where they they're not overt gory yeah but you get the implication of the gore and, and the kill which i thought was absolutely marvelous the way that they kind of played it because you see this running mural across the rice paper mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you see a splatter of you know blood with and, ninja treachery in the background right yeah. yeah and then you see the silhouette go a little bit more and then and then right. you know more <laughs> more arterial spray um uh, but yeah it was I, I was refreshing to see that they didn't want to, you know, they gave the viewer a little bit more credit to yeah. say, you know, okay, we know that you know that we're going to kill some people. It, it was shot very, uh, very well. It was like a nice, cool panning shot. It, I really dug that. It was. It kind of reminded me of Shinobi, yeah. you know, as it kind of like yeah, run along. like a side-scroller. Yeah. <laughs> Almost Ninja Gaiden-esque. Right. Uh, so we see the interaction with, you know, Gaius and his troops and, mm-hmm. you know, dispatching all the, the sentries and whatnot inside of the Pilgrim's little... Uh, natural, Yeah, yeah. natural mu- <laughs> museum of history. And we see that the Widow and Lydia have gone to the Pilgrim to, you know, kind of, you know, figure out why the Pilgrim is blanketing the, the Badlands with all of these, you know, pamphlets. Yeah, because now we know that the Pilgrim is, like, recruiting everybody on her land. Yep. So, and I was stealing all the cogs. Mm-hmm. Saying, come uh, join the Paradise. So then they send that. So then the Widow and Lydia are like, well, the fuck? Let's go find out what's going on. So that was a very interesting see that at the same time Madame Chow is sending her forces the widow and Lydia are now going on like a peace journey, and Not I more of a recon. Yeah, yeah, it's more reconnaissance. I don't know. I don't know necessarily if it was a peacekeeping envoy, but the fact of the matter is that they just went by themselves, right? You know, and that that goes to show you what what a badass and how confident the widow is. Mm-hmm. Because what would have happened 
you know, if, if she would have been killed by the pilgrim. Yeah. I guess Nathaniel Moon takes up the mantle. And you know he doesn't fucking want that. Right, yeah. yeah. He just wants revenge. He doesn't right. want the Badlands. Right. So it, it's awesome to see that you have these, these, these two women, you know, Lydia and the Widow, mm-hmm. in such powerful positions that are, you know, not... Not like, you know, I guess, demure and, oh, my, what are we going to do in, in the Badlands? And right. it's like, nah, the widow's like, nah, sail me over there. Right. I'm going to go talk to this asshole. <laughs> Let's go see what the fuck's going down now. That was a really interesting play. And there was some really good um, tit for tat going on between not only the widow and the pilgrim, but Lydia and Cressida. Yeah, that that was actually a point I wanted to touch on. Yeah. Because, you know, with Lydia being a former uh, baroness... Yeah, I mean, she knows how to play this game. Exactly. And, you know, her and Cressida kind of do this little back and forth, you know, well, you can come and, and stay with us and mm-hmm. find out, you know, Azra, this, that, and the other. And she's, and then Lydia kind of comes off as very dismissive. Right. You know, almost unbelieving in in their, well, uh, their quest. Because it was interesting to have like a faith versus faith battle. Because here you have the high priestess yep. versus not only a, a girl who, or a woman when she was a girl was basically the daughter of of a, another religious leader yeah a high right? priest right and when she be, she even became a baroness and after it her own mission for the refugees is based upon that old religion so she's all about the faith so to have these two very clashing faiths coming and but them seeing eye to eye later on but still right at each other's throat the first time spitting that Spin that, oh, yeah, well, you should believe. Well, I spent enough time believing that you're bullshit enough, you know? Right. It was great to have Lydia call, I'm, I believe enough to see a con artist when I see one. <laughs> so, Chris was like, oh, you ain't no punk, though. Okay, let's see, you know? And I think I, it was cool to see them come to, a, like, a a very uneasy agreement on right. how everything was going to go. Mm-hmm. So a, a meeting of the religious chess minds. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Yeah. And, I mean, it's nice to see that Lydia is not being swayed by, you know, these these trinkets and baubles that are being like kind of thrown in front of her face. You know, you can come and work for us. Right. And she's still showing a, a very cautious alliance to the, the widow. Yeah, exactly. Because um, I think she still believes in a little bit of what the widow's doing. Uh-huh. I don't necessarily think that she believes in the methods and, and the way she's going about it, but I think the overall vision is something that Lydia wants and she wants for the people, so. At least some sort of peace. Yeah. You know? Because I don't think Lydia is going to make any big power play. I mean, of course she's going to make power plays in this game. But I don't know. She's like, the Badlands will be mine. <laughs> you know? She's not going to pull that one. That's, hopefully the Widow doesn't, I mean, she's already kind of getting that way. But she doesn't go full on like megalomaniac supervillain. Yeah. You know? And and what we see with that little enclave or that little, I guess, conference that they have with the, between the Pilgrim Widow, Lydia, Cressida, mm-hmm. and then we get the introduction of Gaius in the actual you know fight sequence. Right. We see the Widow actually save the Pilgrim. Mm-hmm. She sees Gaius up on the, I guess, the mezzanine or the balcony <coughs> or whatever it is, and he fires an arrow, and the Widow actually deflects it. So at that point, I think she gained a little bit of trust from the Pilgrim. Yeah. Um, and especially Cressida, because then they started actually fighting together against... Uh, Gaius Chow's forces. I really fucking dug that fight. It was cool. It was really cool the way it was staged Mm -hmm. and executed. And it was really cool to see everybody get their licks in. Yeah. Like, everybody got their licks in. Yeah, even Lydia. Right. Lydia's over there stanking people, and Cressida coming in banging people with potions and shit. (laughs) That was was pretty dope to see. And I have to say, I like the Pilgrim's fighting style. 
I do. T- it's kind of like uh, like drunken monkey almost, with a little bit of like Sammo Hung. Cause right. He, yeah. Because he uses his weight and his size for his advantage. Yep. He's more like about strength and precision as opposed to like speed and like he's just like knocking people down. It was really cool to see everybody having their own different fighting styles. Yep. It really was mm-hmm. because the widow is more reliant on blades mm-hmm. and acrobatics. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like you said, the pilgrim is more blunt force trauma, but precise striking. Yeah, Lydia's Lydia- more like in in your close close proximity yeah. melee, and uh, Cressida is like range with the potions and the bottles. Essence of nightshade, right? You got a very <laughs> you had a very badass team because first of all, these were formidable ass ninjas. Right. Yes. These are these are ain't no punk ass ninjas. The <laughs> cannon film ninjas, right? These were like fucking <laughs> blah, 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 blah. like some badassery. And for the fact that everybody could like just show off. Everybody had a time to shine in this. And then even and even the um the uh um oh I don't the know dark the, the dark chi guy. Caster. Yeah, caster. <laughs> Which is an interesting I thought he was gonna eat it because before that the, the the female one went up to Cressida and was like, hey, I'm worried about Caster. Yep. And you know what? Instead of like some sage advice, you're like, you know what? They're their kid. Like, you know, he'll be okay. So he's going to die. You might as well get used to it. You she's know? very dismissive of him. Right. She goes, she's, she's really like, I guess, coddling of her. But Cressida is really dismissive of Caster. She's just like, oh, he's going to die. Well, I think because he, she, he, blah, 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 uh, she knows that Caster is not long for the world because she even said in the previous episode, uh, the dark chi ones don't last long at all. So she's like, whatever. She goes, because he's replaceable because she has that like dark chi detector mm-hmm. now. She goes, hey, you know what? Don't cry about him because we got a new one coming up. We just found one. Here you go. Go find. That's kind of fucked up, dude. <laughs> well, and I, I do want to kind of rewind just a little bit because mm-hmm. we started talking about how the characters interact. Yeah. When Lydia and the Widow first get to the island and, mm-hmm. and they, go, they go to this conference or whatever, you see the, the female dark chi walking down the, you know, to the boat ramps. Uh, yeah. You know, and she's carrying that, I guess it's a dark, dark cheek Geiger counter. Yeah. I mean, for lack of a better term. Right. And the widow knows exactly what, what it is. Because you kind of see that little side eye look that she gives. You she's know, like, the, holy shit. I didn't, yeah, like. So, mm-hmm. I mean, and honestly, I mean, who does the widow think that she's going after? You know, does she think she's going after MK? Oh, she has to know she's going after MK if they have the dark cheek detector. Because isn't that the same one that the Abbots had? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It, so she it actually is. So she knows exactly what they're going for. So, and the only one else in the Badlands that she knows of, besides the Pilgrim of the people, is MK. And she knows that she's free, or he's free already. So she's a smart gal. She's going to put two and two together. I think she, she definitely knows. But now it's going to be a race, which is an interesting play now that I think about it, because if they're going after MK to basically recruit him to be a Pilgrim. And they now have this, because they got attacked by Madame Chow, they have this uneasy alliance. Mm-hmm. Like even said, the enemy of my enemy is my friend type thing. Right. Now it's going to be almost a race to get MK. Yeah. And and that's, I, I thank you to the, the wonders of Google and the internets. We know that the, the, the female dark chi holder, her name is Nyx. Nyx. I couldn't, I, I don't think I've ever heard it in the show. If I had, it kind of was dismissed or didn't think about it. But that's uh, a very appropriate name for her because she looks like a Nyx, like like just like just like kind of like 
mix. Just simple and quick. And she also, when she does that, mm-hmm. like death by a thousand nicks. Like, you know? <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I like that. So we see that, you know, Nyx leaves the... I guess the island mm-hmm. and she's using that Geiger counter, that dark chi, you know, barometer to yeah. try to find. And she goes, <laughs> it's better than like licking your finger and like put it up in the air. Yeah. He's got, she's, got, she's like a water diviner. <laughs> she's got like the two sticks trying to find MK out in the forest. But, um, I, wow. I, I don't even know exactly how I, how we were going to go off of that one. But, um, no, you, you see Nick's leave and you know, the widow and, and Lydia go back into the, 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 the in building the and, yeah. and, they, and they're talking to the pilgrim and Cressida and whatnot. We get the interaction with Gaius Chow and how everything kind of pans out there. I did kind of find it weird that he was able to hold his own against Caster when nobody else really could. I mean, granted, he did get he did get impaled through the non hearts, you know, through the shoulder blade essentially. Yeah, but I mean, it was definitely not a a fatal wound, right? Um. But it was interesting to see that he was able to hold his own during that entire fight sequence oh, up yeah. until the very end. Against against like uh, ninjas and Caster and all buddy. And then I think the only reason why he, Caster didn't finish off um I can't think of his name now. Oh Gaius? Gaius. I can't I can't the only reason why Caster didn't finish off Gaius is because he goes, Oh fuck, there's the widow. Yep. He's close to uh the pilgrim attack, right? Because they're all wearing black. She's all wearing black. You know, it, and that was some cool. That was some cool wire work that they did with Caster. Caster kind of did that spinning ass. blade kind of top thing. Mm-hmm. Caster kicked a lot of ass. Everybody kicked a lot of ass in this. That's one. very true. Um, but it was interesting to see when the pilgrim just goes boop 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 and just like stops him and just says the magic words mechaleka hi mechaleka right and like caster's <laughs> dark chi just disappears right so that's cool that of course the pilgrims are going to know uh, the pilgrim and crescent are going to know how to control their dark chi like yep warriors you know that's pretty dope to see that if they can't control themselves they got a contingency plan yeah and the widow even asks you know how the hell did you do that right you know because she wants to know because now it takes on a different, I guess, dynamic for her. Mm-hmm. She was just trying to figure out who this person was that was stealing our cogs from the poppy right. fields. Now she knows, wait a minute, if you can turn it off, you got to be able to know how to turn it back on. Right. So now now she has a key that fits MK's lock. Not not even know her own lock. Yeah. Dude, uh, the widow with dark chi, and she would be, be unstoppable. She would be unstoppable. She would be just be this like force of nature, just blah, just going around like, just like, just nothing but red hair and knives. It'd be awesome. <laughs> nothing but elbows and teeth, right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, you know that that opens up a whole different realm of possibilities for yeah. what, where the you know the the rest of the season is going to go. Because yeah. I mean, not only can she potentially unlock MK's power, mm-hmm. who has been widely seen as like the 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 most formidable foe or weapon in this in the badlands but now just like you said she can unlock her own yeah. very well so yeah and speaking of mk we do find that nix does find yeah, him does actually find him yeah at the very end yeah, yeah. and he, i mean he's injured and wounded um he leaves tilda and odessa mm-hmm. um after they they kind of go through this like you know weird romantic kind of weird triangle, triangle type not quite thing. First of all, MK needs to slow his roll on that one because, like, he can't be going, like, I'm going to go and find and kill Sonny. Calm your shit, dude. Calm your shit. Second of all, Odessa needs to calm her shit, too, on that. 
You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, let him go, whatever. Cause like, yeah, because but, she even says, you know, there's only one person here that cares about you, and it ain't me. Right? <laughs> so. Right? And, and like, Tilda's right. She goes, like, you know what? Just think about it. Just calm down. And when like Tilda's the voice of reason, you know, you might yeah, need a to person, calm Yeah, a person <laughs> right? goes by the moniker Iron Rabbit. Right? When, he, when Tilda's like telling you to calm down, you probably should like think about your actions. Yeah, you need so, to take a step back and kind of reevaluate some right? life choices. So like, and so Odessa is a hundred percent right, but like she's like, oh, just let him go. Like, going, calm down, Odessa. You know, but now he's with Nix. Yeah, and in the forest scene, you know, we see that MK hides away from uh, Gaius Chow's little envoy when he's going to the the, the island. Mm-hmm. So. And then I, I guess he comes ac- across a couple bandits, uh, like a like a band of bandits, like and gets hit in the head with a rock. Like some weird hobos. Just yeah. Like, just <laughs> get off my land! You know? <laughs> this is my can of beans. God damn it, I've told you kids a thousand times! <laughs> yeah, so he like busts him in the head with a rock, and as MK is kind of fading in and out of consciousness, <laughs> he sees Nick's absolutely just Decimate. eviscerate this entire little, this little hobo camp so um yeah so i think he finally realizes that it's like wow okay and he it, it made it really cool about the, like the the way that they uh, photographed it and the way that they shot it you could actually see her eyes yeah and th- i think that's what what you know mk was actually focused in on he was like oh shit she's got dark chi and then he kind of goes uh, <laughs> have vapors oh heavens <laughs> so he, he passes out and whatnot so but you know we got Nick's being able to find the the dark chi holder, so I guess the Geiger counter works. Yeah, so <laughs> must have batteries in the Badland, right? So does she take him back to the Pilgrim? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But while the widow's still there, yep, because she doesn't know that she doesn't know conflict. That. Exactly, that's gonna be so <laughs> dope to see. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. So we didn't get a lot of MK, but what we did get was kind of pivotal with his character. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's going after Sunny, doesn't find Sunny. Gets busted in the head with a rock. Yeah. Gets, uh, for all intents and purposes, captured by Nyx. Right. So we're going to assume that he gets taken back to the island. Yeah. Um, the, the Natural History Museum. The Land of the Lost. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> With Marshall, Will, and Holly. Ma- Marshall, Will, and okay. Okay. <laughs> so we're, we're going to assume that later on in the season that we see, I guess, him at the him at the Natural History Museum. Yeah, especially with, like, the old, like, Uneasy Alliance. Yeah. And it's it's going to be a very uneasy alliance if that mm-hmm. actually folds true. So okay, let let let's get to the uh, blind Absol- ninja assassins. A- absolutely, the blind cannibal assassins. Absolutely, that was actually next on my list. So the three people that are kind of intertwined in in this particular story arc are Sunny Baji and Nathaniel Moon. Mm-hmm. So Sunny and Baji are kind of walking through the wasteland and they're trying to <laughs> find their way. They're looking for the witch. Right, they're looking for the the, the crazy witch. Mm-hmm. They stumble upon this guy. Who just uh, seems to be just a blind like vagabond, just right. kind of camped out in the middle of nowhere. Come and eat, come and eat. Then he pulls out the vial, bloop, bloop, just like <laughs> yeah. So he, he pulls out a potion, knocks both you know it, it's Sunny and and Baggy out, I mean, and steals the baby. Yeah, you're like, he's like a damn dingo, right? <laughs> Can he, <laughs> first of all. I don't know if I could trust like just some random hobo out in the in the woods. I don't like, know, man. That hobo stew looked pretty good. Yeah, but you know it was fucking made out of people. I mean, you didn't really 
there's how did you get all this meat in the bag? Like, yeah, that definitely wasn't you, Denty Moore. You know, because even <laughs> even Betty was like, God damn, something smells great. You know, and so like, yeah, soylent stew. Yeah, I wonder what that just like bloop bloop bloop. You know, <laughs> have a drink. Put a, put a put a little bit of nature seasons on it. It's all good. <laughs> Lara's. But... <laughs> so the the blind vagabond knocks out Sonny and Baggy, steals Henry. Sonny and Baggy come too, and kind of go into. Uh, what would you say that was? Was a that bunker? like a like a fallout shelter yeah, or something? It went to a bunker. He's over there with the baby. <laughs> and then, then we're, we're introduced to the blind cannibal assassins, which number one, that's just a badass name for a group. It's mm-hmm. like you know, I want to know who is in the planning session and goes. You know what the Badlands needs? Assassins. No. Blind assassins. No. no. Blind like cannibal assassins. Dude, how fucked up was that? First of all, you, you got to go down to this creepy-ass bunker. And even Badger was like, no, fuck that, man. Yeah. Because you I ain't better going... find me some lights. Right. And some torches or something. <laughs> After you, man. Shit. So you go down to this creepy fucking bunker. And it leads to like this weird hospital. And the next thing you know, you see Baron Quinn's insignia. Like, I declare you're in my camp now. Right? So fucking... And then all these, like, blind ninja cannibals come out, and you wake up, you're chained to the neck, and you just see all these fucking body parts, and that was fucking gruesome as shit. It was really gory. Yeah. I mean, what what we lost in gore during the, the Gaius Chow scenes, we definitely got the gore with the Sonny and Baggy scenes with the cannibals. Yeah. So, I mean, we see all these body parts just kind of laying, like, haphazardly, chained from the ceiling and whatnot. Mm-hmm. On, like, tables being dissected. And they're j- and then these blind people with their eyes gouged out coming, like, hey, how's it going? Yeah. <laughs> you hungry? <laughs> <laughs> may, may I offer you some Steve? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, we, we find out later on in the episode through, like, flashback sequences and whatnot that the, the blind cannibal assassins are actually former clippers of Baron Quinn mm-hmm. which I you know you and I both commented on it at the time they find a way to weave Sonny's backstory back from when he was like a, I would probably say early teenager yeah and they show us a glimpse of Waldo back when he was the head the head clipper or the head trainer and whoever they got to do Waldo was fantastic yeah because he looks like a young Stephen Lang and sounded like a young Stephen Lang yeah. too so, I mean, that was the, what I was most impressed about is that, you know, they, they went to such depths with that character that they still continue to bring back, you know, these these older characters that we've we've kind of lost track of. Mm-hmm. Um, but we see that the reason the reason being, you know, overall, for the sake of brevity, we find out that the, this was like some unrequited love between they two were, warring faction clippers. They were star-crossed lovers. Right. So basically, like, I guess... Secret lovers. <laughs> keep it on the down low. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> and so, then, once they catch up to him, the, you know, Baron Quinn's clippers are then tasked with, you know... Waldo even says, you know, your, your loyalty should have been blind. Well, now you're going to be. Stick, stick. Yeah. So he he blinds the first one, and then as I guess the the test of you know I guess maturity into clipperdom, uh huh, hands the dagger over to son, you know, a young Sonny, and young Sonny ends up blinding the rest of them. Sins of the past, man. That's yeah. really interesting. Like this season is all about like Sonny's past biting him in the ass now. Yeah. You know, I I kind of like that. I, I mean, like we that. we've had references that 
in multiple episodes so far this season, mm-hmm. you know, how everything has been done for power and, you know, it, it doesn't turn out well. Yeah. I mean, Sonny even makes that reference later on. He goes, you know, the, the Badlands is all about power and, you know, I can't escape it. You know, it, it's all coming back to get me. Yeah. Um, so the, the kind of elephant in the room, what did you think of the fight sequences with the blind cannibal assassins, Sonny and Baji? Dude, I thought it was great. I first of all, the way that they walk together and using their swords as like canes down yeah, the like hallway. Druids. Yeah, like just like these druids, almost like insect like, because they're really covered in like all this weird fur and mm-hmm. armor. And they had these things, and then they just walk together. And then the way they would stop together and here and like mm-hmm. just move, it was very creepy. And then finally, when the badassery needed to happen, which before we get to the badassery of them fighting, I know where you want to go back to. I really enjoyed the the uh, tit for tat between Nathaniel Moon and uh, Sunny and Badgie and uh, I did boo. too. I thought that was really cool. He, I thought that was like he goes, "Give me your boot." Like, what the fuck you want my boots for, <laughs> right? <laughs> Just to see Sunny like escape that way and use the boots. I thought that was cool as hell. And he goes, "What you got in this thing?" You know, and he goes, "I got this, 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 and two knives." And Bash's like, "God damn, dude!" <laughs> so you know, the cat's out of the bag. You know, Nathaniel Moon is going looking for Sonny and Baggy. He stumbles upon the same blind vagabond that's mm-hmm. out there in his little stew camp, yep. and he gets knocked out just the same. So Nathaniel Moon is now taken into this holding cell with Sonny and Baggy, and they kind of do this the tit for tat thing that you were talking about. But Nathaniel Moon is still just about his honor and his loyalty. Yeah, he goes, he doesn't care about the he doesn't care about the assassins or the, whether not he's going to be breakfast. The blind cannibal assassins. He doesn't even give a fuck. He goes as soon as I get out of these chains, I'm gonna fuck you up. Son. Yeah, you know, and you too, Badgie. Right? But that was a funny line when the cannibal leader comes up and he goes, "I'll wake you guys for breakfast." <laughs> I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that, 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 that's one of my puns. That, Come on now, that made me laugh out loud. I was like, bravo. Bravo. But um, the, the only thing with when they captured Nathaniel Moon, they actually disarm him. I had to sneak one in there. Had to sneak <laughs> in one. But they take, his, they take his butterfly hand. Right. And, you know, just like you said. of course. Right. Yeah. They, don't, they, they just see this guy with this metal-ass hand, you know. Right. You know, that ain't natural. Exactly. So uh, Sonny then asks him, you know, what all do you have in here? He goes, oh, I've got some daggers. I've got some darts, uh, mm-hmm. two swords. So Sonny uses Nathaniel Moon's hand to kill, you know, three of the the blind assassins, but doesn't let Nathaniel Moon go because Nathaniel Moon at that point goes, "If you unchain me, we are going to fight to the death." And it's like right. Sonny and Badger are just like, "Can't this wait?" Right? We got bigger fish to fry, man. We're in fucking into the Badlands Pulp Fiction. We got like, <laughs> we got like, a, but but they're can- instead of like the cannibal gimp, assassin, right? They're gimp. cannibal, cannibal, yeah. <laughs> right but uh <laughs> so like they're all he's like man fucking fine fuck you so there yeah it just leaves right and he has to take care of them themselves but when they okay so now we're getting to their fighting style that yep. was weird as shit it was really interesting to see that and i really dug this fight too so that um when um they first are alerted and they do that weird like pyramid thing. Do you know who also did that? Hmm. The Abbots, remember? That's right. Back in the end of three. season one, yeah, they, they only had three, but right. this guy they had like five, didn't right. they? Right. And so just like, and they're fucking them up. But <laughs> when 
bad you took him out. That was glorious. Just that, like, the the bed flip. Yeah. So what they do is that these ninja, these cannibal assassins are, you know, they they hunt by sound. Mm-hmm. So they're using their swords against all the metal in the in the area in the stone, and they're trying to find Baji while he's hiding under like a like a no mattress bed. Right. So then he springs to life and then just jumps on the back of the bed and crushes him, which is Ooh. awesome. Because I mean, hey, it's Baji. Well. I mean, what, you, what well. else are you gonna do? Yeah. And then, honestly, probably one of the coolest shots of the season so far is they get they finally you know dispatch all of the blind assassins except for two, and Sonny goes running down a hallway at these two guys, mm-hmm. and when he slices both of them like slices both of them up and kills them, that slow mo it wasn't even like slow mo it was like three quarter speed just a choo, choo, choo. yeah and he like switches sides and cuts yeah. the other guy in half I'm just like. Wow, that was kind of tight. That was dope as shit. <laughs> Sonny the Samurai. Yeah. That was slick. Uh, this was a very good fight scene. And it's so interesting to now see everybody's different random style. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's, there's very more pronounced in the season. Their fighting style is almost an extension of their character. And especially when you're introducing new troops, it's a whole new fighting style. And that's one very interesting and cool thing I like about this show. So, Yeah. yeah. I mean, we got some we got some cool uh cool fight sequences we got a hell of a lot of character development in this particular episode um we get the the last interaction between Baji, nathaniel moon and sunny you know sunny gets henry back mm-hmm. they they exit the the subterranean lair which was kind of like a nice little i guess take away from what we've been seeing we've seen like open planes and you know everything else yeah because now we kind of got this be... claustrophobic battle sequence right yeah which was it was very um almost raid-esque yeah yeah everything was so confined mm-hmm. and everything was dark mm-hmm. uh fast-paced so once they exit this like bomb shelter or whatever we're going to call this thing the, yeah. the subterranean compound of the blind cannibal assassins it's nothing now anymore god that sounds like a record a uh, record title yeah <laughs> Nathaniel Moon again says, you know, hey, Sonny, we're going to finish this right now. Sonny, he still wants to fight. Yeah. He still wants to well, fight. Well, he, he wants his honor back. Which is, uh, yeah. But which is, but that's how what Nathaniel it, Moon is based on, man. Exactly. But how it ends with is a very interesting sort of play. You know, I, I really dug the way. And especially going back a little bit, it was kind of a bummer when the, not a bummer, but kind of i saw it coming that the last surviving blind cannibal was like fuck it might as well i'm gonna keep it yeah I mean, i'm gonna stay down here and take my own you know yeah i mean she can't really do anything else i yeah. mean she's not she's not been in the light you know out of the subterranean complex mm-hmm. for you know decades were to yeah. assume and i or i will keep the baby for me no my baby yeah, and it was hella creepy. Mm-hmm. It was hella creepy in that little subterranean complex when they, they kept all the babies in, in the, the jar. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, whoa. <laughs> Which had an insult to injury when they knocked Sonny through that jar full of babies and shit, and he's like, ew. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would too. Right? Uh, that's nothing says creepier than, like, weird babies in jars. Yeah. Yeah. Because she was creepy too when she was coming down the aisles and she used because like everybody used her sword but she had those weird spindly long black nails and was like mm-hmm. she was terrifying yeah and she, she had the she because she had the 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 eyes blackened out and gouged out and she had this little baby and this weird smiling and I was like Ew, you're scary. <laughs> 
put down the baby. Right. Put down Henry, I'd say. Don't make me come back and get you. So would be badass if Quinn was down there. <laughs> Don't you, man? The Force Ghost. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it was it was cool to see when you know Nathaniel Moon yeah, actually confronts Sonny on on the on the surface, and he goes, you know, look, we're gonna finish this. And Sonny just looks at him. He goes, look, you can kill me. I'm not gonna fight you. Mm-hmm. You know, but if you kill me, you're responsible for Henry. <laughs> Which was then telling me he's like. Oh yeah, you're right. Fuck that. Yeah, I was about to say, man, that that's some that's some heavy shit to lay on a person. Oh, you exactly. oh you can strike me down, but you take my baby. Well, cause cause if, for example, like Badgie ain't gonna do nothing, right? And his beef is mainly with Sonny, and Sonny's like, here, here's your sword back. What are you gonna do? Kill an unarmed man with a baby? Right. That's fucked up. Yeah. You know? Where's your honor in that? Right. And he goes, shit. Yeah. All right. All right. So they, they finally come to an uneasy pact with mm-hmm. Sonny agreeing never to come back to the Badlands again and Nathaniel Moon essentially just saying, you know, hey, my honor has been restored because, you know, we had this comeuppance. Yeah. Um, so it, it's nice to see that, you know, Nathaniel Moon is still an honorable person. Mm-hmm. You know, he's – but now what, what does he do? I mean, really the only reason why he was with the Widow was to get to Sonny. Well, he's not going to try to get to Sonny now. Yeah. So, But does he stay a regent? I guess maybe to be closer to Lydia. Yeah. That would be his only tie now? Right, yeah. I mean, it, it's like the the love sequence now. I yeah, mean, I mean, or, yeah, and and then for some reason, if Sonny's back in the Badlands, maybe he goes, I'll, I'll warn you. I will fuck you up now. But there's really no reason. This is an interesting, because this moved a lot of characters along the board. I like it how they moved it rapidly, too. Very fast. But yet, it now leaves it very, very open because I don't know where they're going to go next. Yeah, neither do I. I mean, we kind of get an uh, we kind of get an <coughs> idea that Sonny and Badger are going to continue to the Crazy Witch, right? So we'll probably end up seeing that character be introduced in the next episode. Mm-hmm. But where exactly does that leave Lydia and the Widow, Pilgrim Cressida, this Nixon Caster, right? This whole weird uneasy alliance. And yeah, because I mean, what happens when Nix brings uh, MK back to the the Pilgrim? And he goes, oh, Castor, we don't need you anymore. You're dying anyway. Right? You know, because, you know, Cressida is going to say some shit like that. Use his blood for the sacrifice and the feast. You yeah, because just... she's cold-blooded. Yeah, she I yeah, mean, she, she doesn't is. care. She just cares to, to to further the exploits of the pilgrim. She doesn't right? care who kind of gets thrown under the bus at this point. Uh, I'm just here to kick ass and get chained up to the wall. <laughs> and pretty, I'm all out of chains. Pr- pretty much, man. Pretty much. <laughs> so we, we've talked about uh, Chow and Gaius. We've talked about Sonny, Baggi, and Nathaniel Moon. We talked about the Pilgrim, Cressida, Widow, and Lydia. We talked about everybody. And Tilda, MK, and Odessa. We, so We talked about everybody. Do you have any other points that you'd like to touch on? I, I really enjoyed this episode. I thought this was a very well done, very, like we said, moved fast along. And uh, moved to fast line. Me talk, speak good now. <laughs> right? So Me talk pretty. <laughs> No, it moved very fast. It introduced this whole new blind cannibal assassins and dispatched them really quick. Baddies of the week gone. I liked that exactly. This is, this is not the a, uh, this is not the AMC that we're used to with The Walking Dead, right? Where we get Negan for two and a half seasons, nope. the Governor for a season and a half. New baddies, bye. Right? <laughs> old baddies, bye. I mean, it's just there's still new old baddies, but it's it trims the fat very well. This. It's not quite a filler episode with the whole dispatching of the new things because right. it moved the players in very drastic situations. For example, I thought the Nathaniel Moon um, uh, Sunny beef was going to go a little bit longer. I did too. I thought it was going to go play a, a 
lot longer. Yeah. I thought the um, uh, animosity between the pilgrims stealing the widow's cogs was going to go a lot, a lot longer. But now they have that uneasy alliance. While it's still going on in the future, for right now, they know that Madame Chow's fucking planning their demise. Right. So, And can just for a brief second, can we talk about... I know we've done this on multiple episodes, but... Honestly, if you're listening to this episode, you probably know how much we love the scenery and the shots in this in this particular show. But the the red of the poppy fields against the turquoise of the, the butterflies, of the butterflies. That's a dope scene. That, that was looks cool awesome. as shit. Every time they show it, and they've shown it like three or four times, right. In this in uh, per in this season so far. But every time I'm doing like that's a cool looking shot. Because it's just the, uh, the the contrasting, it's pleasing palettes on the eyes. Yeah, and that's that's one of the things. I mean, we we gush about this show a lot, but that's one of the things I really appreciate about the show is the way they use lighting, the way they use color. Because when you think about all of the other shows, all of the other movies that we've seen that are like battle and martial arts, they're always drab. Right, and even The Walking Dead with all the violence. Right, it seems like you have to have, be dark or drab for a lot of violence, but this is. The violence is up front and in your face on the juxtaposition with the beauty of the scenery. Yep. yep. Which is a very interesting thing. And and not not so much in this episode because they're underground <laughs> with the blind ninja assassins. But when they're up on in the yeah, in the poppy fields and, and even the Natural History Museum is a dope set. Right. Uh so yeah, no, that they did a really good job with this episode in general. I mean, this was a well shot. Um, well done. If like the shot we talked earlier about the um, panning of the rice paper, that was a really cool yeah. shot. Um, I just this was a very well done episode. Well, okay, King of Segways. Let's yeah. go ahead and do this like we do on every episode and rank the episode from a scale of one to ten, ten being the highest. What say you, genius? Um, I'm gonna go. See, I'm torn between seven point five and eight, right? Because I'm. I well, really, you know, you're always supposed to round up in math. Yeah. So I really, I think I'm going to go eight because one, the concept alone of the blind ninja assassins was dope. Um, or the cannibal assassins. Mm. Two, the fact that they were feeding the people before they ate <laughs> some yeah. their own, like, mm. it's like, mm, we're going to have Sonny for breakfast, but he's going to have Steve for dinner. It's like, whoa. Sonny D. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no. I like it. <laughs> It's uh, good. Yeah. And every character in this episode had a time to shine. Um, like I said, and the juxtaposition between the violence and the gore, the cannibal, like the cannibal ninja assassins, uh, the blind ninja cannibal versus like the poppy filled people, you know, just, just the, I really dug it. So I'm eight. Okay. And I'm going to go a little bit lower than you. Mm -hmm. And my one beef on this episode is that when we got the widow and the pilgrim, Mm-hmm we seem to lose track of Sonny for a little bit longer than what, what I anticipated that scene. You wanted more like buying pilgrim or not, not necessarily. I didn't want him more. I just wanted less separation between the Sonny segments. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like less separation between, you know, okay, we're going to do Sonny, but then we kind of, we kind of did the Gaius and the Ninja assassins, the MK, we did like the the widow, the pilgrim fight sequence, uh-huh. and then we're back to the we're yeah. back to the sunny piece. It just seemed like that drag, not not dragged in a bad way because no. it, it helped the other characters, but it just seemed like we we were absent of Sunny a little too long. Uh, you wanted more a balance of uh, a balance between the stories, right? Right, uh, which I think would be hard to do because you're you have 
maybe like three players in one story and then two players. Well, no, then you would have three players with Nathaniel Moon. Yeah. No, I can see what I can see what you're saying. I mean, or just just for me. I mean, it, it didn't take story. me. It right, didn't right, take right, me out right, of it right, or anything. Right, right, I just no, that right. was one of the things I yeah. noticed while no, the, while the saying. show was on. Yeah. So I'm gonna go like seven. Yeah. You know, great episode, but that was just a piece that's sticking with me a little bit. Stuck in your craw. So you're gonna go eight. I'm yeah. gonna go seven. I want to remind everybody that next week we will drop chapter twenty one of AMC's Into the Badlands. But on behalf of my co-host Genius McGee, I am Dustin P, and I'm gonna go eat me some barbecue.